It's game day, and this is the home of Scottish football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good afternoon and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard A huge game at the bottom this afternoon The meeting of Dundee and St Mirren Two of the country's out-of-form teams Hearts are still top despite a tough couple of weeks And they host Kilmarnock And then tomorrow it's all about picking up where they left off for Celtic And bouncing back for Rangers I'm Gordon Duncan Joining me this afternoon is Alex Ray, Mark Wilson and Hugh Kevens No spectacular light shows No European showbiz Today the serious heads are on And the Circumstances are strictly down to earth on a domestic level For St Mirren and Patrick Thistle Every point is a prisoner as they look for that long lost get out of jail card against Dundee And then when there's Cali Thistle Those of a nervous disposition Alec should look away now Today is not for the faint hearted Stop that bottom lip trembling If you've been listening to the show all week You will know that Hugh Keevens is absolutely hopeless at lip reading <laughs> But he's not too bad at opening the show Alex Ray I have to say he's magnificent that I was watching the uh, DJ Doing it last oh. night What an absolute Horrendous. shambles oh, I retire I retire from that game Throw it out <laughs> No but he's right It is a brilliant weekend Of football ahead for us Gordon Particularly today Dundee and St Mirren Two mall clubs uh, Going head to head What a what a opportunity For one of them To make a, a mark Try and put the other team down Confidence wise You've got Hearts Could go further ahead In the, you know, the title So uh, you've got that as well St John's on a terrific run At the moment uh, You know uh, Tommy Wright there's done brilliant yeah. yeah Mark Wilson We're getting used to this now This Thursday Sunday business For mm. Celtic and Rangers and, and all that that brings Not only for them But for the teams round about as well Who either have to play on the Sunday Or can perhaps take advantage Whilst their rivals have to wait 24 hours Yeah listen As a player I've said before I, I never enjoyed really playing on the Sunday But uh, now that I'm not involved in the game It's great for us Because it's a great spectacle Look, We've got hearts at the top of the table They'll be relishing it Because if they win today They go further ahead And that piles pressure on Celtic And it piles pressure on Rangers To try and keep in touch with them But the big one for me today Is at Dens Park Dundee St Mirren A chance for one of them to, or, or both of them To get at least a point Lack of goals have been a problem I don't think it'll be a, la- a lack of goals Will be a problem today I think there'll be goals in that one So looking forward to that Yes, let's start there I think it's the obvious one Especially in this part of the world St Mirren fans I'm sure you're making your way up And uh, perhaps not knowing what to expect Both of the teams Miles out of form Mark Guidi Dundee and St Mirren Yes, they are uh, Gordon But they have to say The Dens Park pitch Is looking first class condition The weather is perfect And it's a chance for One of the teams If they can get a victory To really climb the table And I think if there's a losing team Today, Gordon Bearing in mind that um, Hamilton in 10th place are um, 6 points above um, St Mirren in 11th place if there's a loser today I think they're looking at the playoff um, at very best I don't think that they're going to get out of it there's also the opportunity that one of them could end up having the lowest ever points tally in the SPFL Livingston uh, have that unwanted record season 05-06 on 18 points so I think there will be a winner today I strongly fancy the home team and for Dundee bottom of the table 1-1 this season above them St Mirren um, whose only win of the season so far was against Dundee on the opening day of the season so yes this is the game of the day I think there'll be an absolutely cracking crowd uh, I think there'll be nerves but I think the nerves will lead to some attractive play and plenty of goals Hugh Keevens nerves would be understandable because in the last 12 games St Mirren have one draw and 11 <laughs> defeats and in Dundee's last 13 games one win 
And 12 defeats It barely gets Any worse than that Well the, the pair of them Have managed to score 10 goals Since the season started 10 Between two teams And we're a third of the way Through the season So therein lies the problem For both Jim McIntyre And Oran Kearney uh, it is not for the faint-hearted, as I said, because Mark Guidi's bang on. The loser suffers serious psychological damage. Mm. Let's hear. Let's hear from both managers then, starting with Jim McIntyre. It's a very significant game for both sides, but we've just got to look after ourselves. It's another opportunity for us to get ourselves off the foot of the table, and that's the way we're approaching it. You know, win the game, concentrate, and trying to win the game. We know we're going to be up against a very determined side who had a very positive performance themselves against Rangers, especially first half. So we know it won't be easy. We know they've got players that can hurt us, but we've got to make sure we nullify them and and we've got to make sure that we bring, you know, our A game to the uh, to get the three points. Jim McIntyre there, Dundee one point behind St Mirren. Let's get the thoughts of Oren Kearney. I think you generally only concern yourself with the game that you're playing in, so it's always the biggest game of the weekend. Um, but yes, I think in relation to obviously the position that, that the two teams are in, it, you know, it does make it um, a huge match. I don't think the the fact that it's over Dundee, I think, is the key thing. I think ideally, you know, just I think we're just craving that craving that three points and that win that would hopefully be a catalyst um, to to hopefully starting a run or, or better things. The players and he, and you know this week at and everything else, I can't ask for much more at this point in time, and and they are working. You know, extremely hard, and, and and the want is there, and the desire is there. Um, I do feel a, a couple of external circumstances have gone against us in recent weeks as well. But in the same stretch, you know, we're not defeatist, and we're not going to we're not going to sit and feel sorry for ourselves. Is it still a bit too early for the team news up there, Mark Guidi? Yeah, just we'll, we'll have the team sheets in three or four uh, minutes, squad. I'll give you a shout as soon as I have them. Okay, well, let's go around some of the other grounds then and build up to what should be a fascinating afternoon of Scottish football. Tynecastle's got an interesting look to it. The table toppers Hearts up against Kilmarnock, Roger Hanna. Yeah, and easy to forget, as you said at the top of the show, Gordon, the Hearts do still lead the Premiership in the middle of November. It's been a decent start by Craig Levine's team albeit they halted by Celtic both league and the Betfred Cup semi-final they start we've got the teams here they will start with Bobby's Lamal and goal it's a back four of Michael Smith Clevet Di Camona Jimmy Dunn and Ben Garuccio midfield Peter Herring Ollie Lee and Arno Jim and up top Callum Morrison and Craig Whiten will support Stephen McLean on the bench for Levine's men Doyle Bozenich Clare Mitchell Hughes Cochran and McDonald Stevie Clark and Kilmar they're still fourth they can go within two points of hearts this afternoon with a win three internationals named in squads through the week Jamie McDonald Stephen O'Donnell and Jordan Jones the bad news for Kelly fans is none of them are in the starting lineup this afternoon Dan Backman 24 year old Austrian goalkeeper will make his league debut for Kilmarnock this afternoon so too will Ross Millen at right back son of former Kelly star Andy he's only played two league cup games for Kelly so far but he's in the team from the start today so it's Backman in goal it's a back four of Ross Millen Kirk Broadfoot Stuart Finlay and Greg Taylor a midfield three of Alan, Aaron Shibola Gary Dicker and Alan Power with Chris Burke and Michael and Jolly either side of skipper Chris Boyd on the bench McDonald, Byrne McKenzie Kilty Jones Wilson and Scott Boyd OK, let's hear from both managers involved in that one then. Craig Levine first up. Well, it'll be, it'll be difficult to beat. We won 1-0 down there earlier on in the season through Uchi's squad, I think. But there was nothing in the game. The games the previous season, there was nothing in them as well. So, you know, Stevie's galvanised the, the whole club, actually, the, not just the players and the supporters, but uh, and he's doing a fantastic job. Um, I was at the Aberdeen game uh, just last week. Uh, I thought they were unlucky. Kilmarnock not to take all three points 
and again another one of those games that could go anyway and but, but generally they, they've picked up and they've been very strong this, this season which I expected uh, and we're in for a tough game on Saturday So Craig Levine at home this afternoon up against Stevie Clark Is it a good time to get them when they're top of the league having had so many injuries uh, showing the strength of their squad I think it'll be a really difficult game uh, volatile atmosphere through there at Tynecastle the crouch, crouch out for every decision but we have a good referee this weekend so no problems with that one but it can be an, an intimidating place to go or it can be a great place to go and play in, a, in front of a passionate football crowd and we'll, we'll take a decent support through with us as well our recent away performances have been okay so we look forward to what should be a good game between two teams in the top four and I don't think too many people would have said that at the start of the season come middle of November Roger Hanna, two managers who have built up a reputation for being very well organised, very hard to beat. Do you think that's going to be reflected when they go head to head today? Yeah, it'll be interesting though. You just wonder how Kilmarnock will be affected by the changes, particularly the bag. No Jamie McDonald, he's been called up as cover for Alan McGregor and Craig Gordon for the Scotland squad in the Nations League game. He's on the bench today. Stephen O'Donnell not involved at all. They've been crucial for Kilmarnock so far, not just this season, Gordon, last season as well, when they surged into the top six when Stephen Clark first took charge so that might affect them at the back going forward they don't have the pace they don't have the width that Jordan Jones provides this afternoon so already with Greg Stewart suspended with Eamon Brophy out injured as well you just wonder how all of that will affect Kilmarnock this afternoon but that said Hearts they've dealt with long term absentees Beran Suter at the back Naismith and Nick Piazza at the other end of the pitch so I think as Craig Levine said in the interview there a very close game this afternoon Roger since Stevie Clark raised the matter who is the no-nonsense whistler? You know something it wasn't until I heard them say that that I started looking we don't have team sheets yet I've just taken the, the teams off the respective clubs Twitter feeds and neither have named the referee so far so they're not out they usually come out and do a wee warm-up you as you know about yourself Yes so, no, no sign of the man in black so I, far I just wonder you know Stevie Clark raises this up well we've got a good referee this weekend why bother with all this stuff? You know, well, he, he has got himself inveigled in this and, and, yeah. and doesn't seem to want to, to, to end any feud with the SFA complaining again yesterday. Well, this was the fixture that all started, Roger, well, when they was, made I, I was at, Park. Yeah, I was at the game for Super Score, but Gary Dicker's red card from Willie Collum that afternoon. Steve Clark was furious. They appealed that they lost the appeal. Uh, he had hinted that he felt they lost the appeal because Willie Collum had already been given the old firm game the following weekend. Uh, he was then unhappy that John Fleming, the head of referees, wrote back to Dundee supporters saying Jordan Jones had dived in the game. Jordan Jones, of course, despite taking his two-match ban, vehemently denies diving. And, and, and Steve Clark, even yesterday, is not letting go, complaining that he hasn't had any response from the SFA to his letter. And I can answer your question, Hugh. Craig Thompson's just come out. There we go. I'm sure they'll be delighted to see that. A man who will rise above all this nonsense is Fraser Wishart. He's at McDermott Park for St Johnson against Hamilton. Looking forward to this uh, game, uh, Gordon. I think uh, two teams have come on the back of decent results last weekend. The pitch looking great, and I'm looking forward to a good game of football. I saw St Johnson last week win comfortably at Hibs it was a late Shaughnessy goal even missed a penalty but it was deserved and they've now won four in a row since they lost here 6-0 to Celtic four clean sheets as well and as always they just do things under the radar yet they could go third if they win today Tommy Ricks had to rebuild so many senior players have come to the end of their career at the same time the likes of uh, Miller and McLean and Manis and Stephen Anderson's still here but doesn't play much slowly introduce young players like Kerr and Gordon good signs like Watt and Kennedy and they look a good team Aki's arrived here late there's been a bit of trouble on the roads on the way up I think an accident but they come here in the of an important victory last week against Livy when they only had 10 men and for years now every time Aki's players are written off they use that as a motivation and 
come back to show us they can win football games. We've got Emery McKinnon back in the team today. Two important players for them, experienced players, and uh, working to the style they play very well. And a win today with Liftakis further away from the bottom of the table with the teams below them playing at Dens Park. The teams today... First and Johnson, Xander Clarkson, goals, back four, Richard Foster, Joe Shocknessy, Jason Kerr and Scott Tanzer. Across the middle, Dre Wright, Murray Davidson, Liam Craig and David Wallerspoon with Matty Kennedy and Tony Watt as the strikers. The subs are Mark Hurst, Chris Kane, David McMillan, Tristan Nadam, Stephen Scoogle, Liam Gordon and Ross Callahan for Ackies. They're without uh, Mikael Miller, who was sent off last week and suspended, but Gary Wood is in goals. Ziggy Gordon, Matt Kilgallen and Delphine Deshembe are the back three. Across the middle, Adam McGowan, Darry McKinnon, Scott Martin, Dougie Emery with Stephen Boyd tucked in behind last year's Matt. Last week's match winner, Mason Bloomfield and Rakesh Bingham. The substitutes for Rakesh, Jacob Marsden, Scott McMahon, Tom Tyo, Alexander Penny, Sam Kelly, Lewis Smith and Frederick Brustad. And the referee today at McDermott Park is Stephen McLean. Tommy Wright won four in a row. Let's get the thoughts of him ahead of this one. That has always been the mindset and uh, you know the players deserve a lot of credit for the run that they're on. And I know they want to keep it going. Um, Hamilton will be a tough uh, proposition. Uh, but we've got to make sure that... Um, you know, we approach the game in the same manner what we've done with all the games recently. And if we do that, hopefully, we can get another positive result and uh, try and make it five wins in a row. People expect us to win on Saturday again, but we know that um, we always treat the opponent with every, you know, inch of respect, and uh, we hope that um, you know to just go out and perform. And up against Martin Canning this afternoon. We've been here so many times. Now it's about we're actually just talking about St. Johnson and how well they do at doing this. People talk about St John's when they might struggle this year, they might do that, and we've got a habit and a, a knack of kind of winning one game. When you need to win that one game, they've got a knack of winning three or four or five in the bouts and getting that run together, and that's what we've got to try and do. We've got to get to the stage where we're able to put together not just one good result, but two, three, four good results in a row and, and give ourselves a chance of, of climbing up the table. Yeah, but we know every year it's going to be hard work, we know there's going to be ups and downs, and we need to manage the downs to make sure that we can, we can produce results when we need them. Uh, Roger Hanna's been in touch here to say that it's not Craig Thompson It's Don Robertson He's also trying to claim that they look alike from a distance I'm not, not sure I'm buying that no, but anyway. no, not having that at <laughs> all And the good thing is I'll just keep his mic down So he can't, he can't reply he just, yeah. oh, They knew, they look like you've got new glasses this afternoon Not my wife Moving swiftly on uh, Ronnie Charters, what a big game you have in store this afternoon Particularly for Partick Thistle at home to Inverness Absolutely huge, Gordon, for Gary Caldwell. You know, they're on a horror run of results. Six defeats in a row. Only one win, only one win in the last nine championship games. He's came in and it's been three defeats. He's still looking for his first win. They find themselves one point above the relegation playoffs. Fast, rewind 12 months ago, they're in the Premiership now. If they don't better Alloa's result, they find themselves in the relegation playoff spots by the end of play this evening. And for Inverness, well, it's an unbelievable run of results, really, for Do uh, John Robertson's men. Seven draws in a row. If they draw this afternoon and make it eight, they will tie the British record for the most consecutive draws. They will be tying Turkey and Middlesbrough in the 70s. So, But as well as that, they're unbeaten in 12, so they're real confidence amongst the Highlanders as they come down here. A win for them this afternoon could lift them into the promotion playoff spot, so a real difference in fortune for these two sides this afternoon. Team news and starting with Partick Thistle. It's one change from the 5-1 defeat to Morton. It's a straight 4-4-2 for Gary Caldwell. Cammy Bell between the sticks. A back four of James Penrose, Sean McGinty, Nal Keown and Christy Elliott. Miles Story, Stuart Bannigan, Craig Slater and Blair Spittle make up the midfield. Jai Quatongo and Chris Doolan up top. The subs, Sneddon, Storer, McCarthy, Wilson, Fitzpatrick and Inwatambi. For Inverness, two changes from the two all in the Highland Derby. Mark Ridgers in goal, a back four, James McCart, 
Brad Mackay, Cole Donaldson and Joe Chalmers. Aaron Doran, Sean Welsh, Charlie Trafford and Tom Walsh make up the midfield. Liam Polworth in just behind George Oakley. The subs, Hoban, Austin White, McGregor and Harper. The referee, Stephen Kirkpatrick here at Firhill. Uh, from the Energy Check Stadium to the Global Energy Stadium, Dave Galloway is looking ahead to Ross County against Dundee United. Thank you very much indeed, Gordon. Well, Robbie Nielsen has made some impact in a very short space of time since arriving as Dundee United's head coach. Ten points from a possible 12, and the players speak to me of a more positive atmosphere about the club. The fans have certainly bought into the so-called Robbie Revolution too, and a travelling support of more than a 1,000 is expected here in the Highlands. But this will be a really tough test for United. Ross County are unbeaten at home this season and haven't tasted defeat home or away in the last 11 games in League and Cup. County sits second in the championship table. Three points off leaders air and four ahead of today's visitors. Ross County I can tell you make one change. Liam Fontaine is in in place of Don Cowie who drops to the bench. Scott Fox is in goals for County. It's a back four of Marcus Fraser, Keith Watson, Ross Draper and Sean Kelly. Ian Vigers will sit in front of the back four then it's Josh Mullen Liam Fontaine Jamie Lindsay and Davis Keeler done with Billy Mackay leading the line the substitutes Monroe McManus Demetriou Graham Dingwall Cowie and Stewart just the one change also for Dundee United Paul Watson replacing Callum Booth it's Ben Segrist in goals across the back Stuart Murdoch Rashid Buhena uh, William Edgengelly and Paul Watson midfield four Fraser Aird Sam Stanton Fraser Fivey and Billy King up front Paul McMullen and Pavel Safranco on the bench Barton Curran Clark Smith Robson Rabich and Rakivan and your match referee for Ross County against Dundee United it's Alan Newlands and I think we do have teams at Dens Park Mark Greedy yes we do it's a 4-4-2 formation for Dundee it's Jack Hamilton goals at the back Cammy Kerr Jensi Kasunga Darren Adee and Nathan Ralph in midfield it's Jesse Curran Glenn Kamara Martin Woods and Calvin uh, Miller and up top it's Benjamin Calman and Kenny Miller for St Mirren they are a 4-5-1 formation take Samson in goals Paul McGinn Alfie Jones Anton Ferdinand and Lee Hodson at the back in midfield Ryan Edwards, Ethan Erehan, Ian McShane, Kyle McGuinness and Adam Hamill. And up top for St Mirren, it is Simeon Jackson. And today's match referee is Craig Thompson. <laughs> nope, sorry, my mistake. It's Bobby Madden, but they do look alike. <laughs> oh, he's, he's done Roger Hannah. And again, I'm still just keeping Roger Hannah's mic down because I know he'll have a witty reply, but we just can't hear him and it's great. Anyway, that's us across all the team news. We are going to look back on a dramatic night for Rangers and Celtic in Europe. That's coming next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Great results for Scottish accident and injury victims for 40 years. Hugh Keevans, Mark Wilson and Alex Ray here with me, Gordon Duncan, in the studio this afternoon. We've got the top team all around the grounds as well and they've already given you team news ahead of our featured matches this afternoon. Dundee, St Mirren, Hearts, Kilmarnock, St Johnson, Hamilton, Ross County, Dundee United and Partick Thistle, Inverness, Cali Thistle. We will build up to kickoffs a bit later on. Let's look back though, first and foremost, and get all the guys involved in this, Hugh Keevans. We're still in that middle period, if you like, for Rangers and Celtic between the European Games on Thursday and back to the domestic stuff tomorrow. So how do you reflect on Europe a couple of nights on? I thought it was an absolutely thrilling night. The two teams provided the games which threw up 10 goals. Of course, 
It's all about tremendous joy for the Celtic supporters and tremendous disappointment for the Rangers supporters. But for Rangers to be ahead three times in Russia is incredible. Anybody who goes to Russia and has that kind of performance deserves credit. But ultimately, they shot themselves in the foot with very curious defending. And that is why Steven Gerrard was moved to criticise the lack of quality in that defence. As for Celtic, I go on and on about Celtic supporters who seem to want to be exempt from European football. Celtic can't compete in Europe. We don't have the budget that these other teams have. Well, Thursday night proved that that's not true. Celtic were playing a team from the Bundesliga who are high in the Bundesliga, who have spent multi-million pounds on their players. But Celtic went out with the right mindset, played terrific football, even withstood the loss of the late equaliser and within 14 seconds and without a Leipzig player touching the ball won the game with another Odson Edward goal. I thought it was a thrilling night and well done to the pair of them. You can get involved on Twitter. We are at Clyde SSB. Mark Guidi, how do you look back on it? A good result uh, for, for Celtic. They, they badly needed it and uh, you know, having watched the first five minutes to tell I thought it was going to be a long night and probably a disappointing night uh, for them because Leipzig pressed them Celtic just couldn't get out and then they gradually got their way into the game a little spark from, from James Forrest and a wonderful finish from, from Kieran Tierney uh, and then the winner uh, of course from, from Edward so a great night from. I, I, I don't want to put a negative spin on it I don't think they'll get through I think they've left themselves too much to do but it was important that they, they got a couple of victories in this section and um, you know if they leave themselves with a chance going into the last game then I'm sure they'll be happy with that for, for Rangers yeah, you can criticise their defending. It was very, very poor. And once again, Alan McGregor showed his, his worth. I mean, he, for me, he is without doubt the, the, the player of the year um, so far. And uh, I'd be surprised if anyone beats him with that award, uh, even even though it is only November. But um, I think if you to say, considering where Rangers were, even just seven, eight months ago, uh, that they would get into the Europa League and then they'd be winning games in top the section at the halfway point. And as Hugh said, score three goals in Russia, be in the lead three times, have a goal chopped off that should have stood really which should have put the game beyond Spartak Moscow then they're in a good place um, but they do have to they're, they're still short but I'd, I'd rather put a positive spin on it from Thursday night Fraser Wishart don't worry we're not expecting you to get the voting forms out just yet for, for the player of the I year and I, I, yeah. I could hear the worry there uh, down the line uh, what do you make of what we saw on Thursday night listen who knows Mark may, may well be right and we'll be saying well done Mark for a, a prediction in November although as always Mark will change his mind in, oh, oh, sorry, in, in oh, February or something like that but uh, I know he's right Al McGregor has been, has been terrific I, I just think over the season uh, Gordon we, we, we've started in the, the early part of July and from Aberdeen against Burnley and Hibs run as well and we've now got Rangers and Celtic every single week has, has brought a good result and an exciting night of football and, and, and we forget sometimes that's what it's all about you know, whether you're sitting here at St Johnson against Hamilton I'll go home tonight and if it's a good game I'll think brilliant you know, that's all you're looking for and, and some of the nights we've had have been have been terrific and, and for Rangers point of view I think it's really disappointing that a good performance and an excellent performance away from home in, in most aspects has just been sullied by, by daft mistakes and they were the most basic mistakes it wasn't to do with defenders not being capable or out of position or, or whatever else it was just daft simple mistakes like kicking the ball away properly and that will really infuriate Stephen Gerrard because at 3-2 mm. they're, they're almost through they're almost through and if they'd seen that out for another 5-10 minutes at that point Spartak Moscow were, were getting frustrated but Celtic were terrific I mean, and I thought the winning goal for Ryan Christie 
his, his touch with his it was two touches one with his right foot which is his weaker foot to take him by take, take him by a defender and he just rolls it doesn't smash it across the box he rolls it across the box Edward could just have fallen the ball in the back of the net and a, t- a terrific night for, for, for Celtic and perhaps a new era as well with Callum McGregor and Rogic and uh, Christie and you've got the pace of Forrest as well there's a real energy to that midfield at the moment for Celtic well, let's, hear, let's hear from Brendan Rodgers well, it was a proper victory for us against everyone knows the, the level that Leipzig are playing at week in week out and where they sit in their domestic league but everyone involved in Celtic deserves a huge amount of credit the players were, were absolutely brilliant you know, I, thought, I think we brought our true face to the game in terms of how we've been playing. You know, brought our identity to the game. The players knew they had to work hard defensively. They were aggressive. They fought for every ball. And then they showed the quality when, when we had it. And then obviously the supporters were absolutely magnificent. It's always a very emotional game here at Celtic Park. Um, but that synergy between both got us the result and it was a fantastic uh, three points for us. I couldn't argue against that. I think that... I think if you, again, you look at the level of the opponent and you look at our performance against that. People see pressure as a, as a negative. And this was a pressure game that we had to win, but you've seen the positivity in the team. Um, and what I was pleased with was the performance. We, we uh, against a very good side, we showed no fear. We played with aggression and brought our identity to the game. And that's what we've been seeing this team returning to over the last seven, eight weeks. Um, so it's so it's nice that they can do it not just domestically, but do it against one of the best teams in Europe. So uh, so yeah, it was a fantastic victory for us and, and one that I'm very proud of. Roger Hanna, how important was that victory? Because Celtic have set the bar so high domestically in the last couple of seasons that it's going to be well, it's going to be pretty much impossible to top what they did the first season, certainly. Um, and amidst all the the accusations of having gone backwards in the squad being weaker, to then go and put in what Brendan Rodgers says was actually the best ever European performance during his time, that sends out a bit of a statement, does it not? Yeah, I mean, as he said, it was a proper win against a proper European team, Gordon, and it does still give them a chance of qualification. Um, you, you can't imagine a German and an Austrian team carving up a result between them that would suit the two of them to someone else's detriment, can you? Um, so if Celtic go and win in Rosenborg, perfectly capable of doing that again, then they're probably in with a shout. That last game at home to Salzburg looks... You know, it does look winnable now, particularly if Salzburg are over the line and are already through. So they have a chance of going through. <coughs> As for Rangers, you know, if the linesman does his job, Morelos' goal stands, it's 4-2. E- even that Rangers defence, with you know, the, the way they were performing in Thursday afternoon, you would have thought they could have maybe seen the game out. The positive news is that after match day four, they're both in with a shout. They both have their destiny in their own hands. And that's, that's really all you can ask. And as for the player of the year argument, I'm, I've met the fellow who engraves the award. He's already put one name in it, McGregor. He's just going to fill in <laughs> Alan or Callum, come me. Well, we will watch with interest to see which one it's going to be. Uh, Mark Guidi, in terms of Rangers then, are, are they maybe victims of their own successes, a bit strong, but hopefully you see what I mean in the sense that just getting to Europe was probably beyond what most people expected. And now that they're there and they've had a couple of good results, all of a sudden you're actually disappointed at going away to, to Moscow and scoring three goals but still losing the game. Yeah, I, I think you're spot on, Gordon, with, with, with what you say there. And um, 
you know, financially it's been terrific for them, you know, considering that, you know, the, the, the club's results that they've posted uh, recently. So that will not include, obviously, they'll, they'll, they'll bank in the region of £10 million, um, if not more, from, from this run. And as we say, longer term, it uh, enhances uh, the value of your players if they're performing well in Europe too. So it's, it's a double-sided thing. But, um, yeah, they're doing well. It'll just be disappointing for them that they, that they didn't hold on and at least come away uh, with a point over in, in Moscow. But it shows that as much as Steven Gerrard made 14 or 15 changes the squad they're still a young squad a lot of those players still won't have 30 first team games under their belt you know your, your, your Kents and, and boys like that so they're finding their, their feet but I still think that they need uh, someone in the middle of the park and I've, and I've mentioned this before and I'll say it again just someone that gives the team a true identity and someone that's going to be there for the next two or three years to help build it not a lone player a lone player but go out and find someone Dare I say, it was one of my favourite players when he played for Rangers during his time. Alec Ray, somebody in the middle of the park, or a Scott Brown equivalent uh, across the city that is the heartbeat of the side and everything ticks round about him. Now let's hear from Stephen Gerrard then, his thoughts after the game. Yeah, I haven't had much time to reflect. We watched the game back last night on the, on the flight coming home and I think I got my analysis quite correct in, in terms of the post-match press conference. I thought we were excellent going forward, a real threat all night. Um, the goals we scored were very positive um, and very good to see but defensively uh, we weren't good enough um, to concede four goals was, was very disappointing um, but looking back now I think the lads against a good team um, a high level game I think we've, we've done ourselves proud we, we ran them very close we should have had another goal um, the offside goal that was given so I have to be careful and, and realise where we are as a team, um, you know, compared to Spartak. If you think about where they were 12 months ago and where we were 12 months ago, um, I think they beat Seville 5-1 12 months ago and uh, we didn't even qualify for the competition. So where we are, if you analyse it properly, I think we have to be very proud of what the team's achieved so far and we're still wide open with a really good chance of getting through. So. We have to look at the big picture. Uh, Roger Hanna, listening to Stephen Gerrard at times, it, it seems like he's maybe slightly in the middle of trying to take blame him, himself, as managers sometimes do, but also being quite harsh on the players as well. The comment that was on television about you know twelve and thirteen year olds being able to clear the ball with the right foot—that I mean, that's that's quite a strong statement to come out with. Yeah, and it, listen, it was similar reaction when Rangers lost to Betfred Cup semi-final to Aberdeen. He, he initially said, I'll take full responsibility for this, and 10 seconds later said, and if these players aren't good enough for Rangers, we'll bring in players that are good enough for Rangers. So I think he is caught in the middle of you know, deciding whether to shoulder all the responsibility and exonerate the players from blame, but, but he'll know the same as anybody else does. That performance on Thursday defensively isn't good enough. It's not good enough for Rangers. It's not good enough for any team. You can't concede goals the way they conceded goals and expect to achieve anything at any level of football, not just Europa League level, Gordon. I think with regard Gordon, to the comments that uh, Stephen Gerrard has made post-match, if he had 24 hours to think about it, I don't think he'd have said anything about 12-year-olds and 13-year-olds. But he's interviewed while emotions are still running high immediately after the game. And it doesn't make any difference whether he's a fledgling manager or a time-served manager. They all do the same thing. In the immediate aftermath of a game, they sometimes say things that if they had 24 hours to reflect, they wouldn't have said it. And it, 
the overall impression I get about Rangers at the moment, the supporters have been waiting for years, literally years, for a tangible sign of success. And in the last two weeks, they've had to put up with a defeat from Aberdeen that was totally unexpected and again was a, as a result of defensive failing. And now comes this, when they thought they were within touching distance of the knockout stages of the Europa League, another setback, which they can recover from, but it was another setback. So in two weeks, they've taken a couple of hefty blows and I think the reaction to supporters under those circumstances can sometimes be over the top as well. Yeah, just finally, Fraser Wishart, on the point Roger Hanna made, Rangers have had credit for, for getting this far. They deserve that credit, but if you take Thursday in isolation, that's just not an acceptable level of defending at all. No, it, no, it wasn't. And, uh, you know, the, the Aberdeen game that he was talking about was, was, I think, for me, was mostly down to the fact they couldn't create anything. They were very poor on the ball, you know, and then lost that late late goal but uh, they didn't look like creating anything whereas the other night they looked like they could score every time they went up the park and, and I think Russia made a key point there about the Morelos goal you know Lines was looking right along the line doesn't give it and it's 4-2 but, the, but the, the, it was basics I know that we can chat about Steven Gerrard's comments but the basic premise was right you know it was simple simple mistakes you know Conor Goldson John Flanagan should have just cleared the ball one or two other bits and pieces going on at the other goals as well so it, it is a bit, a bit of a worry when it's such basic mistakes there but um He's got young players in the, in, in the team. He's got young players in his defence that are still learning the game. And when you think back to 12 months ago, where, where Rangers were, sort of post Pedro Cachinha and, and the car crash that, that that was, they've been knocked out by a team in Luxembourg. It is more positive, but uh, they, they need to just show a bit more consistency. And, and what an opportunity that was to have a wonderful away result and, and, and put the qualification almost there. They still got a chance, and they might still sneak through because they're very close group. But they had a great opportunity at 3 2. Five, ten minutes more, seeing it out at that score, and Spartak were gone. Okay, let's leave that one there for the moment. It's twenty to three, so we're going to go back around the grounds and build up to the three o'clock kickoffs next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors, a team that gets results every week. Talk to Thompson's.com. Fifteen minutes to kick off in our featured matches this afternoon: Dundee St Mirren, Hartscombe, Marnock, St Johnson, Hamilton, Ross County, Dundee United, and Partick Thistle, Inverness. I'm Gordon Duncan. Alex Ray, Mark Wilson, and Hugh Evans are in the studio. And we've got the top team all around the grounds as well. Let's go back to Dens Park, Mark Guidi. Uh, if you look back, Mark, when these sides met in Paisley on the opening day of the season, it doesn't seem like too long ago, but so much has changed for St Mirren in that time, and perhaps a sign of the turbulence they've been through. Only three players who started that game start this afternoon, so it just shows you that what bad results can uh, lead to with regards to squad changes, managerial changes, players brought in mid-season, and so on. Yeah, you know, it doesn't it look so bright? You know, that, that start uh, for Alan Stubbs in the, the new era, back in the top flight, the new manager, albeit uh, it was a, a disastrous goal for Dundee to, to lose, messing about at the back, which sometimes was symptomatic of, of Neil McAndre, and I, I'm all for try to play nice football and it is the way it should be done but sometimes I just wish defenders or goalkeepers would rose edit as somebody once says this nobody's ever scored for the stand I know that might be old fashioned but it is a fact but for St Mirren today you're right the changes for example the captain Stephen McGinn the, the club captain on the bench today Danny Mullen the striker on the bench who looked as always forming a decent partnership um, with Simeon Jackson and, and uh, Matty Willock is a big presence in the, the centre midfield on the bench this afternoon as well and for manager Oren Kearney and again we don't you know he's only seven or eight games in his reign but he really needs to show a sign of improvement you know I've watched St Mirren a couple of times now I fancied indeed today you know, although I take it, you know, it's 50-50, but for St Mirren and the fact that the new manager has been allowed to bring in 
um, a few players there needs to be a sign of progress and so far I don't see any better signs compared to what it was like under Alan Stubbs if anything I'd say it's worse now let's keep going around the grounds in Tynecastle is the venue for Hearts against Kilmarnock Roger the Hearts injury situation is well documented I think depending what a lot of people would say you know huge sympathy because how can you cope with losing so many key players Cynics may say, look, it's part of football and you've just got to get on with it. But particularly at the sharp end of the field, Naismith and Ike Piazza is still missing. I mean, they've got 15 goals between them this season. You take that out of the team, it's always going to be difficult to keep up the level you were at before. Yeah, and, and the impact of their loss is now being felt in the Hearts team. You know, if you, if you just look at the league table here, first Hearts against fourth Kilmarnock, you would think it's all positivity, but Hearts last three games, two defeats to Celtic, the Derby draw against Hibs, and no goals in those three games without Naismith and Piazza, and of course without Berra and Suter at the other end as well. Kilmarnock as well not coming into this game in a rich vein of form. Two draws and a defeat in their last three and their absentee list building up as well. Greg Stewart suspended. No Eamon Brophy through injury. No Stephen O'Donnell or Jamie McDonald today either. So it's going to be fascinating to see which of these two teams, Gordon, copes best with all the absentees and manages to, to get out these worrying runs of form. Was that a known problem or doubt hanging over Jamie McDonald? I mean, as you say, Colden to the Scotland squad yesterday I assume he's still going to meet up with Scotland at the start of next week um, but on the bench this afternoon yeah he is here he's out in the park he's helping warm up young Dan Bachman the Austrian goalkeeper who'll make his league debut for Kamala this afternoon it was news to me if he had anything you know any lingering injuries um, I can't imagine he's been dropped because his form has been good for Kilmarnock so far this season I presume it must be an injury whether or not that you know will, will affect his, his participation in these games with the squad in, in, in Albania and then back home for the Israel game we'll ask Steve Clark after the game Stevie Clark taking the huff over that uh, free kick goal from Lewis Ferguson last Sunday maybe? well listen it, it might not be the it might not be the strangest when you see some of these free kicks and you just wonder you know is it the goalkeeper is it the wall sometimes you, you sort of win for, for one matter in midweek for Manchester United against Juventus and that that goes in at the wall side Chesney can't get back across to save it who, who, would, who would you blame you know is it McDonald because it was a well struck free kick but goalies are meant to save them well if you're Stevie Clark you blame the referee I just blame Hugh Keevans I think that's the easiest way to do it that's what we always do on this show let's go to McDermott Park Fraser Wisher when you look at that run St Johnston are on Fraser they've won four in a row they haven't conceded in that time uh, the last time they did five league games in a row was back in 2014 perhaps Martin Canning Summed it up better than anyone when he said that you know the Ackies are famous for pulling a result out of nowhere, but St Johnston managed to pull three and four and five results out of nowhere, and all of a sudden it catapults them up the table. Yeah, and it was a, the, the catalyst was a six 0 defeat here against Celtic, which could have been double that, and they get absolutely battered. And uh, but there's been a bit of consistency of, of selection uh, going around St Johnston's team. As I said earlier, they've lost a lot of experienced players in the last sort of twelve months or so, just coming to the end of their careers because for year in year out you could, you could name six or seven of the starting lineup for St Johnston every every week. But uh, there's a freshness about them. I was really impressed last week. I thought they were terrific against them. Deserved their win. You know, they one nil win uh, late on header by Joe Shaw. Sometimes you get that uh, against run of play, but it wasn't. They were terrific. St Johnson looked a good, solid team. Played nice football at times. Pace up front in Kennedy. The wild of Tony Watts. So, so they're, they're looking good. But we'll find it difficult today against Aki's. I think Hamilton's problem was they signed so many players during the summertime. Such a huge turnaround of players. And again, the start of the season, Martin Canning chopping and changing, just trying to find his, his best formation. But they've got likes of Gary Wood, Ziggy Gordon, Darren McKinnon, Doug. Emery, 
Stephen Boyd, guys who've been around Aki's for years and years and years and just provide that, that solidity. So it's going to be difficult for St Johnson today. I do fancy the home team. I think they've got, they've got the momentum. They've got uh, the better goal scorers in, in, in their team as well. So I fancy St Johnson to win by the odd goal. I mean, Mark, you need to be daft to tip St Johnson to struggle this season. Ah, oh, come on, Gordon. Listen, there's still plenty of time for it to go pear shaped on them. No, I must admit, I did think they would struggle, and purely because a lot of their, you know, more recognised names over the years had had gone. It's their new squad, but hats off to Tom Wright. Four wins in the bounce is not easy in this league. Yeah, we have to face the facts, Mark. Today on this program, it's shin pad Saturday. Everybody's get <laughs> everybody's getting a kick in here from Roger getting the wrong referee. To you and Tom yeah, Wright, yeah, it's yeah. shin pad Saturday. Speaking of people getting a kicking, Ronnie Charters, Gary Caldwell, it's obviously far too early to, to, to worry about the, the longer term picture with regards to him, but already we've had Partick Thistle fans on the phone and on Twitter just worried about the lack of of difference, I suppose, the appointments made. I've had one next to me, Gordon, saying the 5-1 defeat to Morton was the worst result he's ever seen as a Partick Thistle fan. That guy who sits right next to the press box is, is very vociferous, to oh, be fair. Yeah, yeah. To be fair, he's actually watching the rugby on his phone, so I don't know how much he's going to be looking forward to the football. But that. in terms of Gary Colbert, yeah, you're right. And you've got to look towards Al, uh, uh, Alan Archibald before him. You know, when he, you take over from manager, he's been there for so long, you know, it may be hard to, to break some of the habits and stamp your own authority, but if he's coming here expecting time, then he's... Badly, badly mistaken. As you say, if they better, if Alloa better the result this afternoon, they're in the relegation playoff spots. It's it's huge. And you look at the, the team that they have. You know, Chris Doolan's there. You've got Blair Spittle there, Jai Katongo. They're not players who are not renowned for Scottish football. Chris Doolan was was banging several goals in the Premiership last season. You know, so they're just not firing. They need this one win to break this run to get that bit of confidence. But it's going to be tough this afternoon. John Robertson's men unbeaten in twelve. Up there amongst the playoff spots, you know, so this is going to be tough for Partick Thistle. They just need to get that win to get them over the line to try and just break the cycle, but it will not be easy this afternoon. Apologies to the Jags fans, Hugh, but we want to we want to see the record, surely. An eighth consecutive draw for Inverness on the line. That's what a run that is. Well, what you will not see is a Partick Thistle win because a taxi oh, driver a taxi cool. driver told me. Oh, that, that uh, they are the ultimate yeah. authority. Yeah. Taxi driver Take me home Thursday Morton season ticket holder Been at Capelo the Last Saturday Partick Thistle Going to a one goal lead Lose 5-1 And he said That Partick Thistle Were diabolical See, So the, if a taxi driver Tells you it's not happening It's not happening Yeah but the only part Of that story which falls down Is this notion That you paid for a taxi no, no, I, mean, I didn't let, say Didn't say I paid ah, I knew there, I knew there I, had to be I Something get, there I get out the taxi And left it to my better half Yeah that sounds about right Dave Galloway <laughs> Up there in Ross County Against Dundee United The man to watch in, in recent times Has been Billy Mackay Dave 11 goals in all competitions This season He's got two hat-tricks In his last six games And in fact One of them came Against Dundee United Yes And that was The, the game The 5-1 game Wasn't it That proved to be uh, Shabba Laszlo's Last uh, As United manager His uh, successor Robbie Nielsen He's come in he's, he's got so much more Out of the same group Of United players Than his predecessor got He's got them better organised the feel-good factor has certainly returned to the dressing room but 
like I've said, you know, this is set to be United's biggest challenge so far this season. Stephen Ferguson and Stuart Kettlewell have really got county going well. No visiting team has won here in Dingwall uh, to date in this campaign. And they're close in the table as well, aren't they? Just four points separate the Highland side in second place and United to a third. Really looking forward to this one. Yeah, great afternoon, great weekend of Scottish football. Some cracking games involving Celtic and Rangers tomorrow. But before we get to that, some great games this afternoon. Dundee, St Mirren, Hartscomb, Marnock, St Johnson, Hamilton, Ross County, Dundee United and Partick Thistle, Inverness are featured matches and they are coming next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Great results for Scottish accident and injury victims for 40 years.